Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. You've probably seen it everywhere so far. Silicon Valley Bank collapses. So what we're going to talk about today is what does that really mean for you? And I'd like to introduce Dave Harder. Hey, Dave, how's, how's it you going, doing, brother? Man? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Good. So look, the news everywhere yep. is this Silicon Valley Bank, yep. right? And and the fact that it's collapsed. So let's talk a little bit about it. What it means for the people out there. Let's just kind of talk about like how did this happen? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's start there. <clears throat> you know, I mean, and. I, I think that there's a lot of moving parts to it. Um, there's a lot of finger pointing that's taking place. Yep. You know, I think that it's a classic example of mismanagement. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I don't, I don't know. You, you listen, I'm not going to point it at anyone, any one person. And quite frankly, I have not been somebody who has followed Silicon Valley Bank, right. you know, closely for an extended period right. of time. But you know, I essentially they had the they had the backing of short-term deposits with long-term vehicles, yeah. right? And yeah. you know, they got to a point they got to a point, unfortunately, where they had a liquidity crunch to be able to meet obligations. Yeah. And so what did they do? They took a, you know, they took a portfolio in their balance sheet. They were heavily invested in bonds, yep. right? And that, that balance sheet, that, those bonds had longer durations with an average yield of what was like 1.5 or yeah, 1.56, something, something like that. Yep. And, uh, you know, so unfortunately, <clears throat> in a rising interest rate environment, yeah. if you need to fire sale and liquidate secu uh, securities, particularly bonds, to free up capital to be able to meet obligations, you're going to sell at 70 cents on the dollar, yeah. right? And that's and that's essentially what it what really kind of triggered the yeah. um, you know the, the the panic the the panic of um, going after deposits, yeah. right? And they had what 42 billion dollars worth of deposit uh, of bank deposit withdrawals in yeah. uh, you know in yeah. a very short period of time, yeah. and, and people find out real quick that they don't actually have that cash on hand. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly um, right. Recipe for disaster. Yeah. yeah, and and I think for the people out there, what they really need to understand is the way that banks make money, right, is by loaning out yep. these deposits. So they take in your deposits, but then they go and loan those things out. Correct. There's also, you know, a blurred line on investments that the banks make. Now, I don't think that Silicon Valley made a risky investment. No, right? they, no. they made yeah. a solid investment. If they held it to maturity, they Correct. would be fine. Right. They just made a bad call. Um, but a bad call to the tune of $80 billion, billion dollars. right? Yeah. So yeah. we always talk about diversification right. and that goes for everybody out there, right? Like if you're not diversifying your own portfolio, are you going to end up like this bank where one something just happens yeah. and now all of a sudden you're in trouble? Yeah. And I don't think, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a telltale sign that other banks, I know that there was right. another bank that right. uh, is going through similar uh, circumstance in the, yes. in the crypto space, but I don't think it's necessarily a telltale sign that all ba the banking system is about to collapse. Right. I don't think it's necessarily a 2008 scenario, but what I do think is that <clears throat> I think the Federal Reserve is going to be caught between a rock and a hard place here yeah. too, you know, because yes. on the one hand, what do we still have? We have inflation. Exactly. You know, we still have re relatively massive inflation yep. and the Fed was really, really 
maybe overly, but they were very aggressive in raising rates well, to because they were late. Yeah, because they, they were, were late, late to the party. It, yeah, that's know? right. So, yeah. so they had to get aggressive. They right. got aggressive, and they've gotten us into, you know, I, I think this is a recession now, yeah. right? Yeah, by, by any stretch recession, of right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely affected the job market for people. Yep. Right, and yep. so. Yeah. Do I think that this bank is a telltale sign for what's to come in the economy? I, I think what this does more than anything else is exposes how fragile our banking system is. One thousand percent agree with that. And and so here you have a bank that was massively capitalized, right? Like yep. they, they weren't lending money out because their depositors didn't need loans. Right. Correct. Right. So so they weren't in that traditional model. They're taking on these deposits. They made a massive mistake by going really heavy in long duration bonds yep. that were paying nothing yep. when it was in everybody's forecast that interest rates were going up. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And so that that really hurt them, put them in a bad position. They got exposed and then there was a run. Right. 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 Um, the other bank that you brought up got heavily into the crypto space. Right. And this is right. a this is another challenge for for banks. And what I I'm torn. Right. When it comes to what the government's response was, they said they're going to come in and backstop everything. Yep. Right? Yep. Deemed them too big to fail. Right. So yeah. so they said all depositors will be made whole yep. no matter what the size. So, you know, some of these uh, like I think Roku had like four hundred eighty seven uh, million yeah, on yeah. deposit with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that wasn't their largest depositor. But everybody would be made whole. Part of me is like, OK, that's good because um, you know, what would be the, 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 da the negative impact of all these businesses that now all of a sudden have no capital. Right. 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 What's the ripple effect on the economy, on the jobs, all of these things. But then the other part of me is like, well, we're also, um, taking care of bad behavior. Yes. Yes. And that's, ex yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. With you. So, yeah. so like yeah. you look at 2008, there was a lot of bad, bad behavior. behavior. Yeah. I don't yeah. think this was necessarily the case. So that's where I'm partly like, OK, well, it makes sense for them to make depositors whole. And they said they're not doing it at the expense of taxpayers. I'd love to know how that works. Right. Right. Because thank you. What, what, <laughs> what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to step in yeah. and, and take these long duration bonds yeah. and hold them to maturity, but front the money. out. Correct. Right. right. Where's that money going to come from? That comes from. Taxpayers. Well, or it's just printed. It's, right? Well, that's but to, to that point, though, Ed, yep. it's just we are on a hamster wheel of chase. We're chasing our tail when yes. it comes to, you know, like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing <laughs> over and over again <laughs> and expecting different results. Flood more money into the yep. into the marketplace because of that bad behavior. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. Like. In 2008, bad loans were being written, yes. and there were bad and, and and there was a there was fun, there was malpractice everywhere taking yes. place. I'm not I'm not calling malpractice, but I would say that this was it was it was poor foresight in management yeah. of a balance sheet, yeah. right? Uh, not understanding that something like this could take yeah. place. The, the, the risk management there was just was poor, very poor, yeah, very poor, yeah. Um, you know, the other bank that got caught out with crypto, I think that's, you know, they tried to go heavy into a space that yep. they thought was going to work out. And it's sad because there's a bank that was in business since the early 80s and now all of a sudden is gone. Right. 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 And who knows what happened to all the depositors there. Now, they say they had enough money to, to cover all the transactions. They would be fine. But they're essentially out of business and right. liquidating, too. So, you know, I just talked to one of my friends today who's in 
a smaller regional bank around here. Yeah. And I was asking him, I'm like, man, what is it like? like? Is the phone ringing off the hook now? Are people scared? And he said, you know, for the most part, our larger depositors are nervous, mm. right? So you, you think about the people lining up around the, the curb. Yeah. How many of them actually have 250, <laughs> right? Yeah. So they would have been okay regardless, but that causes more of a run. But what he said was, you know, it's not, he, he, the way that he was talking to them is like, guys, look, we're highly regulated. We're not making risky investments and we're overcapitalized above our requirements. Right. So no, you don't have to worry about the deposits. So uh, my, my hope for the banking system in general is that there's enough people out there that, that made the right decision so that this isn't something that becomes a contagion through the, uh, through the economy. Well, you know, I think one of the other things that's going to come into question, and I'm hoping that it's going to end up as on, a, on a positive note, Ed, is yeah. um, you know, the stress testing of balance sheets and the financial health of companies, particularly banks. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I was reading an article about this the other day. I think it's, it's kind of cookie cutter. Right. You know, I mean, I, I don't think, and when, when I say cookie cutter, what I mean is I don't think it necessarily, for it's, it doesn't do like Monte Carlo, you know, it doesn't right. like simulate different outcomes, yes. you know? And yes. so, you know, <clears throat> I, I don't understand how a, a stress test on a company like Silicon Valley Bank yep. couldn't have forecast, well, what would take place in the event that rates move against their long portfolio yeah. and then you have a rush on bank deposits? Like, it just, that doesn't make any sense to me, you and know? I think for the people out there, I would guess, and I don't want to read your mind, so correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. part of the reason that you don't understand why they didn't stress test or why they didn't build in the simulations for it because that's what you're doing for your clients. One thousand percent. Right. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you want to talk a little bit about because, you know, so much of the focus out there is on the fear mongering of, you know, the, the collapses that are happening or the impending doom that could happen. Yeah. But I think if people just took a step back and looked at their own financial situation and, and really kind of dug deep on what that is, yeah. they could be in a much better position because they would realize that maybe things aren't as bad as what the news is projecting out there. So maybe talk about that. I, I 150%. I will tell you that in the last 72 hours, I've probably gotten more text messages and phone calls than I typically do yep. about one specific financial occurrence. You yeah. know, And so <clears throat> to Eddie's point before, um, if you have less than $250,000 of deposits with a bank, Relax, okay? The FDIC <laughs> is going gonna, is gonna to ensure that. If you have more than $250,000 in deposits, it's not necessarily the risk of not having the deposits available, although that was the case with, um, uh, with Silicon, Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah. But I would ask, Ed, yeah. if you came across a balance sheet where you saw more than $250,000 of deposits in cash, wouldn't you say to yourself, well, how are you keeping pace with inflation, right? Yeah. Have you really defined what, you know, the goal outcome is of those monies, right. you know? And so, yeah, my, my number one question would be why? Why? Right? Exactly. Because exactly. Cause if it's sitting on deposit, you're likely not earning anything. Right. And like you said, inflation has been everywhere yep. and it's just eating away the value of those dollars. So what, what is the goal and intent of those dollars? I have found myself getting back to more Grass, you know, grassroots, yeah. you know, financial planning, traditional financial planning in yeah. the past six months than yeah. I have in in years, yeah. because I think listen. <laughs> 
in a bull market, how easy is it to forget oh, about God. everything else and yep. just re- enjoy rate of return? Yep. Right. Yeah. You know, when when things change, like it did in 2022, and now yep. here in the beginning of 2023, um, the panic button. Yes. You know, it gets, pu- gets pushed. Yeah. People will abandon their investment philosophies. People will panic sell. People yep. will do things because they're scared, right? Yes. You know, and yep. I get that. But I think our process has, re- has really refined and been defined so much by focus on financial priorities, man. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. okay, what is this dollar benchmarked to do? You yes. know, and, you know, if it's benchmarked for growth, that's one conversation. If right. it's benchmarked for safety, Different conversation. Maybe we need to shift the geography of where the money is, yeah. right? You know, yeah. to 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 vehicles that don't have that level of stress right. or you know potential risk exposure. But it's got to get back to financial it, planning it, 101, it, then, You know, it, it does, and it, it really comes down to laying it all out, not chasing a rate of return, but Correct. really figuring out what those dollars are supposed to do. Yep. Because that that chasing of a rate of return, we saw that in the crypto space. Yeah, right? that's right. Like, People were calling, why am I not in crypto when it's at 70,000 or whatever it went to? And then (laughs) then it falls to everybody stopped calling. You know, they're thankful that they weren't in it. But that's that FOMO kicks in, right? Right. They're they're thinking they're missing out. And I I think that kind of happened if we look back at 2008 running into that. There was a a real run up between, say, 05 to 07 where people were afraid that they wouldn't get into a house. Right. That's right. They were giving them away. I mean, those were the days when you would go to close. You would go to closing and walk away with a check yeah. and a house. Like, it's just a crazy <laughs> like, thing. Yeah, I know. And you didn't That's have true. to prove income, right? Like yeah, all crazy. those things. So it's terrible. The, the market and the, emo- the emotion really drives the market. So yeah. like we saw last year, right? Markets down 20%. This is the first time that a lot of people that are even working are seeing their 401ks down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like you said, getting back to that real, like just structuring out and figuring out what your goals are, what the objectives are, and then building a plan around that. Like how do we achieve where you want to get to from where you are today? Yeah. And then to build off of that, once you've defined that, Ed, and you do as good a job as anybody I've ever seen at this, define, okay, in the assets that are in your world, what are the assets that have a controllable ROI. Yeah. You know, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but like, and controllable doesn't mean guaranteed, right? Of There's, course. you know, but controllable means that you can have a direct impact on the outcome, yeah. right? So if you look at your balance sheet, evaluate what are the assets that are in your portfolio? It could be a home, it could be a rental property, it could be a business, it could be a business you invested into where yeah. you have a direct impact on the outcome of what can happen there, right? And and I, I'm a big fan of that, yeah. you know, myself. I, again, diversification in and amongst asset classes. Yeah. I also believe in markets, I yeah. do. But, you know, if you see that a dollar spent on marketing for a business can produce a 10x return or a 3x return or whatever it is, wouldn't you want to double down on that right now? Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, to me, every dollar needs to keep pace with inflation, yeah. right? It's not just cash. It's everything, right? right? You know, right. it's the whole portfolio. So, you know, I think this is a really important time yeah. to identify what can I control, what don't I have control of, and how can I mitigate yeah. the risk of that, yeah. you know? And the way I always explain it, because I, I, I took that phrase from you, I, I, I love <laughs> the, the term controllable ROI, because it's like, because people will ask us, like, how do I get more return in my portfolio? Yeah. Well, first off, that you, you, like, if I put money into the S&P 500, 
you or I have no control over what that does. Zip. Right? Absolutely zip. But if yeah. I'm a business owner and I just simply cut expenses and nothing else changes in my world, yeah. that's profit on my bottom line. I've exerted control as a business owner over that. And so that's where we see you know, more of our clients in that space of real estate and, and entrepreneurship yep. uh, because they like that. They like the idea of control whether the, rather than being at the whims of the market. Totally agree. Totally agree. The other big risk factor, I think, and it's, it's you know, the timing, is, the timing is interesting because we're less than a month from, from um, uh, tax filing date, yeah. you know. But I think another really big risk that I'm seeing a hell of a lot more of, probably because of the ecosystems that, that we have exposure to and some of our new partners, but right. poor tax guidance. You know, yeah. poor tax, yeah. you know, poor tax guidance, poor non pro. We, we were talking about proactivity yeah. and managing Silicon Valley's balance sheet. Yeah. Guys, let's talk for a second about the lack of pro of, the, of proactivity that you are that you're in all likelihood experiencing with your tax advisor. Yeah. Right. And I'm not a CPA. Eddie's not a CPA. Right. That's not what I'm saying. But. I can't tell you the number of people that I've talked to over the last year that have said I'm so widely exposed to paying taxes right now. Um, and I don't, I can't find deductions. I yeah. can't find reduction strategies. I'm like, well, when was the last time you had a proactive tax analysis right. done? When was the last time you had a proactive conversation with your tax advisor? Do you have a tax advisor? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in an inflationary environment, paying too much in taxes is double risk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it, you know, we, we talk about the, the, Wealth eroding factors, yep. taxation, obviously num one of them, inflation, that silent killer that comes up and lost opportunity costs. Those are really the three. How much are people actually focusing in on that? Yeah. And to your point, does your CPA actually do tax planning? Right. And, right. and when do you sit and do that plan? Is it on the filing date when you're then scrambling to try to put money into a, hear that an so IRA much, or, yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Or. Yeah. Are you looking at the monies that you're making throughout the year and having them say, hey, you know what? We need to start looking at 179 deductions. Exactly. Or we need to start looking Thank at, you, you know, yeah. a pension plan yeah. or whatever that company track. Company section yeah. 179, purchase of a company car. Right. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's a lot of different strategies that are out there that people sometimes they just don't know what they don't know. Maybe they've had an account and then they've outgrown that relationship. There could be a number of things that go on there. Yeah. Um, so it's always important to sit down and, and talk about these and things. It's, and the other thing you can do is you can have past returns evaluated. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was talking to a client the other day who's like, oh, my God, $96,000 in back taxes. Oh, right? my God. I have taxes from 2018, 19, 20, 20. And I'm like... Okay, you know that's not set in stone. Right. You know, you know there is, you can have it evaluated and you can refile. You can yes. amend your returns yeah. because deductions may in fact have been missed, you know? Yes. Um, and and you don't see that a lot. Right. You know, you don't see that. And I, I, I don't want to get off on the tangent of taxes, but I do think Silicon Valley <clears throat> for the for the individual, yeah. right? For the individual. Um, should be eye-opening, yeah. right? And not so much from the standpoint of you should be looking at whether or not your bank is going to default, yeah. but it should be eye-opening to me from the standpoint of, okay, where am I really risk exposed right now? Yeah. You know, and am I really paying attention to that? And, and, and people don't have the time in right. most cases right. to really do those analytics, but that's what we do. Right. That's what we do, yeah. you know? That's what, and, and I think we... I'm proud to say I think we do as good a job as anybody out there um, on that. We get everybody onto the same page, right? Yep. We, you know, we stress 
We stress test. Yes. You know, we stress test strategies. We stress test portfolios. We stress test, um, you know, we, we, we risk exposures. We stress yeah. test all of those things so that you have a clear picture of, of, of what that looks like. And maybe overexposure in bank deposits is not serving you best. Again, not from the standpoint your bank's going to default, but from right. the standpoint that maybe your money's not keeping up. Yeah, right. It goes back to like we've always talked about here at Epic, it's that that diversification in, among, in and amongst mm -hmm. asset yep. classes. That includes cash holdings. Right, right? absolutely. Like, it has to. It, it definitely has to. So, you know, getting everything on one page, really kind of laying it out and starting to strategize, if that's something that you're looking to do, because look, there is a lot of uncertainty in the market, but if you can get into a place of certainty, that's where you can accelerate. If you click in the description box below, one of the members of the team will reach out and set up that free consultation so we can sit down and walk you through a strategy and game plan based on where you're at today. That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast. <laughs>